beginning Still you chose to die Knowing I would disappoint you Still you gave your life You knew the times I would deny you The times that I would fail Still you chose the path of Calvary You chose the cross, you chose the nails Amazed at all you've done to save me In awe of your mercy with no And no limits to your grace so free It's nothing I have earned Still you're reaching out your nail-scarred hands Rescuing mankind All creation sings the glory Of your sovereign sacrifice Amazed of all you've done to save me in awe of your mercy with no end Astounded by your love, Lord I just can't say enough To you I will forever lift my praise Here I stand amazed Though I cannot understand the perfection of your ways yet i will lift my eyes in wonder i will lift my voice and say amazed at all you've done to save me in all of your mercy with no end astounded by Amen. Remain standing, take your Bibles, turn with me to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. It's been good to be in the Lord's house this morning. <clears throat> if y'all didn't know, there's supposed to be a, a hurricane outside. We're supposed to be getting a whole bunch of rain. And I don't guess y'all were notified because y'all came to church anyway. And uh, I tell you what, I think he's worth driving through all this mess for. And uh, what he's done for me, what he's done for my family, what he's done for our church, I'm telling you, we serve a good, good God. We can't out-serve him, we can't out-worship him this morning. God's been good to us. I'm looking forward to seeing what he has in store for us this week in Vacation Bible School. Be praying 
for this, and we have an adult class this week. Uh, if you don't have a place to serve, we'd love to have you in our adult class. We have a class for everyone, so nobody should have an excuse this week at all. Uh, it's going to be a good week in the Lord. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 300 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one this day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sinned and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. The Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, Doth Job fear, doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? And thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, what Satan couldn't touch. What Satan couldn't touch. I want to begin in verse 10. And as we look in verse 6 through verse 12, we see the conversation between the Lord and the devil. And we see the devil that is going to and fro on the face of the earth. We say, where's the devil at? Well, he's going to and fro. He is going about the face of the earth seeking whom he may devour. He is seeking to destroy our lives. He's seeking to destroy our families and our testimonies. The devil seeks to destroy what's going on here at Promised Land. And he's going about. He is seeking to devour us. But we see something here that he could not get a hold of the life of Job until the Lord gave him permission to do so. Now the Lord does not tempt with evil. Understand that if there's evil in your life, do not blame God for it. The devil is the author of confusion. And the things that we have go on in our life that brings confusion to us, they're not from God, but they're from sin. And they're from the devil. Now, we see the life of Job, and we see a life that is almost perfect, right? We see a life in chapter 1 that of a prosperous man, a man that is thriving in life. But I want you to know that his prosperity came because the hand of the Lord was upon this man. 
Now, we see the rest of the book of Job, and we see the hedge that was taken away. But if you look at chapter 1, and you see the success of the man, and the prosperity of the man, it was because the hand of an almighty God was upon his life. And the devil could try every day to devour Job and his family and tempt him and all this, but the Lord would not allow the devil to mess with Job or his family. The devil tried and tried and tried to ruin the life of Job, but could not because the mighty hand of God was upon his life. And the devil can only go where the Lord allows him to go. And understand today, the devil de desires to devour us, but he cannot have us unless the hand of the Lord is taken away. Now the purpose of that is trials and tribulations, the testing of our faith. That's not the sermon this morning, but that's why his hand was taken away. But I want us to notice in chapter 1, when his hand was upon the life of Job, the devil himself could not prevent Job from living out what God had called for him in his life. We see prosperity. We see success. And you say, well, Job's a good man. We say, well, Job lived good and Job did this and Job did that. Well, the actuality of all of this is that the mighty hand of God was upon his life. And there was a hedge about the life of Job and the world could not touch him and the devil could not touch him. And I don't know about y'all, but I want that same hedge about my family. I want that same hedge over my life. I want that same hedge over my church family. I'm telling you, the devil hates what's going on here. The devil hates what's going on at Promised Land. He hates the souls being saved. He cannot stand that people are following Jesus and serving Him. He cannot stand the joy that is going on in this place. But I want you to know if the hand of the Lord is upon this place, there's nothing He can do about it. Because we are under the mighty hand of God. And when you're under the mighty hand of God, there are some things that Satan cannot touch. I want you to notice, number one, the testimony of Job. Look in verse 1. It said, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now, Job had a great testimony. He was known in all of the land. And I believe that the devil attempts to destroy our testimony. If you have a testimony in this community and your witness and what people think about you, I want you to know that if you have a testimony that you love the Lord and that you seek to follow Him and the community knows that you're a Christian, the devil wants to destroy your testimony. The devil wants to destroy your witness and he wants to ruin your name, the church's name, and the Lord's name. But if the hand of God is upon your testimony and is upon your life, God can protect your testimony. God can protect your witness. You can spend a lifetime building up a testimony and you can lose it just like that. In, in, in the matter of seconds, in the matter of just a couple of words, in the matter of just a few actions, you can ruin your testimony that you have spent a lifetime trying to build, and just like that, it's gone. Just like that, it's gone. I don't know about y'all, but I want the hand of the Lord upon my testimony. 
I want God to protect my name. I want God to protect the name of Josh Llewellyn. Y'all don't want a preacher that is known in this community to be an idiot, do you? Yeah. Man, my preacher goes down there to the beer joints on weekend. Boy, that's not a good name to have, is it? Man, that preacher's crazy. He's a liar. He's a woman. Now, you, you don't want your preacher to have that kind of name. And so every day I need to understand that I need to live under the protective hedge of God so that He can protect my testimony so that I can maintain my witness in front of this lost and dying world. Notice the testimony of Job. He said he was perfect and upright. You know what that meant? Job lived right every day. Every day he was obedient to the Word of God. And if there was anybody in the community that you knew was going to do according to thus saith the Lord, it was Job. And friend, I want you to know the devil knows that too. And he'll do anything he can to mess up your obedience with God. He needed the hand of God upon him. And God kept him from that evil so that the community knew that this man was perfect and upright. It's not that he was perfect, but that he was seeking God and God was helping him live a good life. He lived uh, scripturally, biblically. His morals were high. He didn't give in to the ways of the world, but he did only those things that was right in the eyes of God. And the community saw that. If you're going to do right in the eyes of the Lord, you better have the hand of God upon your life. If you seek to do right, if you seek to be obedient, you better have a hedge about your life because the devil's going to seek to destroy your testimony. Not only was he perfect, not right, but he feared God. He respected God. He reverenced God. He worshiped God. And his fear for the Lord was mighty in his testimony. And everybody knew that Job feared God. Everybody knew that Job was a Christian. And that number one in his life was God. That God was above his work, that God was above his hobbies, and that God was above everything. Well, if you profess that God's number one in your life, you better get ready. Because the devil's going to tempt you, and he's going to attempt to knock God off that number one spot in your life. And people say, well, boy, oh, so-and-so, man, I'll tell you, man, they're kind of crazy, but they love that God. Man, they love Jesus. They're always talking about that church. They're always talking about what's going on. And somebody that fears the Lord, the community's going to know it. And if you're going to maintain that, you better have the hand of God upon your life. Because He is going to seek to devour you so that you can lose your testimony. Notice the third thing. He has eschewed evil. That means to abstain from evil. He would not partake in the things of society. When everybody was drinking and carrying on, Job stayed away from that. He didn't give in to the ways of the world and the ways of society. This man separated himself and he said, I'm not going to have anything to do with it. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Well, if you're going to make this stand and that stand in this society, you better have the hand of God upon you. Because you can preach, you know, we're not going to have evil and I'm going to live this way and this way. Well, let me tell you something. The devil's going to come to you and he's going to tempt you. And even though you say you don't want to do this and you don't live this way and you don't live that way, before you get too self-righteous, you remember where you come from. And I want you to understand that if, if, if it's not for the power of God, you're going to slip right back into that mess. 
And every day we are tempted. Every day we are tempted to quit on God and quit church and go back to the life that we used to live. And the devil will tempt us and tempt us and tempt us. But as long as we can stay under the mighty hand of God and He protects our testimony and He protects us from those temptations, I believe we can stay there. And I believe God will bless us. And I believe we can maintain our witness and our testimony. Friend, I want you to understand today that you need the hand of God upon your life. If you're going to maintain the fact that you're a Christian and you love God and you're going to abstain from the things of the world, you better be under God's hand. Because you're going to need Him. And may I tell you, the very day you got saved, you were put in the hands of an almighty God. And bless God, there's nothing that can pluck you from that mighty hand. And I, you, you think about getting in the hand of God. The devil can't get you out. You can't get yourself out. Your wife can't get you out, praise the Lord. Your enemies can't get you out. You're in the mighty hands of God. And as long as we stay in that hand and we allow the Lord to put that protective hedge about us, He'll protect us. Not only our testimony, but our family. Notice verse 2. They were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. This man was prosperous. He had it all. But he had a big old family. He had a family that he raised right in the eyes of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. When the devil begins to attack me, he knows a lot of time alcohol is not a temptation for me. He knows that other things in my life is not a temptation for me. But he knows how to get to us. And I'll tell you what, you can talk bad about me. I've been spit in the face. I've had fingers in my face. I've been called everything in the book. And Brother Allen, I loved them when they left. I hugged them. I kissed them on the cheek. I don't give a rip. But leave my family alone. Don't mess with my wife and don't mess with my children. And when this man was living this prosperous life, one of the greatest things of his prosperity was his family. He had the beautiful family that was serving the Lord. He had a beautiful family that he was raising. Yes, they messed up. And, and we see that. Yes, we see where they make mistakes. You know why? Because we're raising a bunch of little sinners. <laughs> but he raised them right. And he was raising them in the ways of the Lord. And I'm telling you, this man loved his family. And he loved his children. And I believe every single day that daddy woke up and he prayed, God, just put a hedge about my babies. Oh, God, just put a hedge about my children as they go to school, as they go with friends, as they go here and they go there. God, I can't go with them, but you can. God, I can't be there to deliver them, but you can. I'm telling you, parents, I believe in praying a hedge over our children and over our homes and over our families. You know how God gets into churches? He gets in the families. He gets in the families. And we need the hand of God protecting our families. I say this all the time. I can't walk with my children in the schoolhouse. The schoolhouse is scarier than it's ever been. The threat of all kinds of danger is worse than it's ever been. It terrifies this daddy to send my three children to school. It does. It scares me to death. But every day I pray a hedge. And when I can't walk with them, God can. And when I can't keep my eye on them, God can. 
and I believe in the confidence that I have when they leave is I'm not walking with them, but God is. And I believe God can take care of them. And every day, me and Lacey pray, God, just put your hand around our children. Protect them. God, protect them. Put a hedge about our family. May I tell you something, men, we need to lead our families under the hand, protective hedge of God, and allow God to put a hedge about our families. Notice verse 3. Man, if you don't pray for your kids, Daddy, something's wrong. If you don't pray for your kids, Mama, something's wrong. We need to pray a hedge about our children. Notice in verse 3, His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses in a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. Notice number 3, the possessions of Job. You see, the hand of God was upon his testimony. The hand of God was upon his family. And it was upon his possessions. You say, well, possessions aren't everything. And you're right. Possessions are not everything. But this man had a lot. But you see, these possessions were never number one in his life. God always came first. And when you put God first, you're putting his kingdom first. And as long as you're putting his kingdom first, then he's going to take care of your kingdom. And do you know why Job was prospering? Because he was seeking the kingdom of God, and then God was seeking the kingdom of Job. And he was taking care of Job's kingdom. And this man prospered. And everybody looked around and said, Man, look at his riches. Man, look at all that he has. Look at all of his possession. That man was drinking from a saucer, wasn't he? His cup was overflowed. God had been good. May I say God's been good to us. God's been good. Man, we got clothes in our body. We got more food than we know what to do with. We are blessed beyond measure. You look at promised land. God has blessed us in so many ways. And I'll tell you what, we need the protective hedge of God upon what He's doing here at promised land and upon the things that He has blessed our life with because all of these things that we rejoice in can be gone. Just like that. They can be gone just like that. And all the prosperity we have here at Promised Land, the, the focus of it has been spiritual. But physically, God's blessed us. But I want you to know all those blessings can be gone just like that. The only way we're going to keep them is that God's hand stays over them. And that God protects us from the evil that is in this world and that from the evil that is attempting to throw us off. All of our blessings, all of our possessions, all these things we are thankful for, we're going to put them under the hand of God. And we're going to let God protect us. You know why i got a reason to praise? Because God's been good. And you know what the devil will try to do? He'll take that very thing that causes you to praise Him. He'll take it away from you. And those very things that we praise God over and over and over for and about, those are the very things the devil wants to take from us. Well, if that's the only reason he's praising God, I'll just take it from him. And we'll see if he's still worshiping the Lord. We need God's hand upon our possessions, upon our families, and upon our testimonies. Mighty hand of God. Man, I'm glad we're under His hand. 
I'm glad we're under that protective hedge. I want you to notice the last thing, the worship of Job. Look in verse 5. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them, rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. The worship of Job. He worshiped God. And we see through the book of Job that his worship never came to an end. He worshiped every single day whether he was on the mountain or down in the valley. But I want you to notice what he did. This man loved the Lord so much and he loved his family so much and theologians will tell you and I've heard preachers say the reason that Job had all this hedge taken away from him because Job sinned. I don't see that anywhere in the Scripture. But they say that he sinned because he was self-righteous when he tried to go offer a sacrifice on behalf of their kids, on behalf of his kids, and they say it was not his place to do that. But biblically, it was his place to do that. Biblically, before the Levitical law took place, it was the daddy's job to play the role, if you will, of the priest in the home. And it was the daddy's job to make sure that family was seeking God. And so when this man was going and offering on behalf of his kids, let me tell you something. You can't help what your kids do. But you can help when you take them to God and say, God, here's my kids. God, use my kids. God, watch over my kids. And people say, well, this man was self-righteous. No, he wasn't. This man loved God and he loved righteousness and he loved his kids. And when his kids were evil, he went before the Lord and he said, God, forgive us of our sins. God, take these sins away from us. And this daddy kept going and he kept going. And the Bible said that when the protective hedge of God was gone, that the, the possessions were gone, the family, the kids were gone. The Bible said that Job fell down on his face at the end of the chapter. And you can turn there in verse 21. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm telling you, there was the hand of God upon the worship of Job. No matter when it was good or when it was bad, Job kept on worshiping. He kept on worshiping. And all through the Bible and all through the book of Job, Job never gave up on God. When the protective hedge was gone, what happened? The family and the possessions were gone, weren't they? And that's enough to ruin your testimony and your worship. When the protective hedge is gone, when we go through times of trial of our faith, when that hand is gone, first thing to go sometimes are our possessions and our family. But he still had his testimony. And he still had his worship. The devil can take my family. I don't want him to. But I still have my relationship with Jesus. The devil can take everything that I own. But bless God, he can't take my devotion away from the Lord. He cannot take away what I have on the inside. I want you to look in Job chapter 19. And if you don't get excited about this, you're dead inside. I'm telling you, Job went through the ringer. He lost it all, if you will. Physically speaking, he lost everything. 
But bless God, He had it all inside. He had it all inside. I want you to look in verse 23. Oh, that my words were now written. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad they were written. He said, oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. That they were graven in an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. And he's just talking about all of his issues and all the physical things he was facing. He said, you write this down. I may have all this going on, but you know this. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. He said, I've lost my family. I've lost my possessions. But I hadn't lost my God. I hadn't lost my testimony. I hadn't lost my worship. And I'm going to tell you something. When you lose your family and you lose your possessions, all you have left is your relationship with God. That will get you through when nothing else will. You hold on to that relationship with God and it will see you through all the way to the end. And Job remained faithful. And at the very last book of Job, God said, okay, he put that hedge back around his life. Devil, you tried. And he ain't cursed me yet. He ain't turned against me yet. Folks, you stay faithful. You keep loving the Lord. You keep your testimony. You, <laughs> you keep your testimony in worship and God keep your family in possessions. You say, preacher, he lost it all. No, he didn't. He got there at the end and God doubled everything he had. He blessed him. When the protective hedge of God came back over him, he blessed him. Every animal that he had, he multiplied it by two. Every possession he had, acreage, everything, doubled up. Then he gave him the same amount of kids. You say, well, preacher, why didn't he double his kids? Well, he did. Because his kids were in heaven. He never lost his kids. Because when they die in the Lord, you're going to see them again one day. And you know why he didn't have to multiply his kids? Because just giving him the same amount of kids doubled them. Because his kids was in glory land. Where one day Job was going to go. And this man was blessed. With all of these possessions and all this family. But you know what? He kept his testimony. He kept his worship. He kept his worship. Child of God, when's the last time you prayed a hedge about your family? When's the last time you prayed a hedge over your children? When's the last time you prayed a hedge over your church family? Mom, may I tell you this morning, the devil's doing everything he can to tear up what God's got going on good. I'm telling you, the devil's doing everything he can. It's a daily battle. It's a daily grind where the devil's attacking us and trying to destroy us. But as long as we're under the hand of God, there's nothing he can do about it. And bless God, we're protected. But child of God, you've got to humble yourself and you've got to say, God, I need your hand upon my family. Oh, I need that protective hedge over my children. Oh, God, put that hedge over our church. And I believe if God could put a hedge about this place, there ain't a power in this world that can go through the hand of God. There's not a power from, from hell that can go through the power of God. I want you to know He can protect us. But we need His hand. As long as that hand is there, 
The devil can't touch us. Woo! The devil's a liar. The devil's limited. And he's a stinking loser. <laughs> I've read the back of the book. And we win. Listen, folks. We need to be under the hand of God. When's the last time you went to the Lord and said, God, here it is. Just put your hand on us. God, just protect us from evil. I want you to stand.